0: Can you believe that we're, like, three weeks into the month? This is the first time Mark's played
1: this? Well, it's tonight, right? Yeah, The 21st today. night of September?
0: Oh, he does say the 21st of September, yeah. Yeah. Most people just play this on September 1st. Shout-out right? to
1: my dad. His birthday tomorrow, Brad You've got some birthdays around here, right? Or Shannon just had a birthday?
0: Uh, Shannon's birthday is four days before mine. So. End of August? End of August. That's correct, yeah. And then. Uh, mine's a third and then a whole slew of them in September.
1: Now, Eddie White just so. asked if there was extra security for me with Benedict Matherin if he shows up. Is is Benedict Matherin showing up? I haven't seen him. It's probably a good thing I haven't seen him yet. Um, <laughs> I'm a huge... Do you, think, do you think he knows? No. Well, I would hope not. He's focused on basketball. Okay. That's if why he doesn't like know, he's going to know today. He he is wired the right way, and our next guest had a big say in the drafting of Benedict Mather, number six overall out of Arizona. Chad Buchanan, the Pacers GM, is here. Chad, I think we talked to you just after the draft. Um, I expressed my admiration is probably the better word to use for Matherin. In what you saw in summer league, what you've seen in him in person in your own building, what have been your early thoughts on the number six overall pick?
2: Yeah, first off, congratulations on – a new baby. Thank you. I yep. appreciate that. Thank you. Um, you know, Ben so far has been everything we expected. Uh, very, very driven. Very competitive. Wound tight, and we see that every day in the gym. Our guys have been for about a month now playing voluntary workouts, playing pickup, doing workouts with our coaches in the strength and, and conditioning area, and he's been exactly what we thought he was going to be. He's he's going to go through highs and lows like all freshmen do, and the game is you know processing you know as a rookie can be. You know, take longer for some guys than others, but his competitiveness, his drive, his work ethic—he's he's in there at night. I mean, he's working out during the day. He's coming back at night. He's just—he's got a passion for getting better, which is a great quality to have. And he's got a lot of raw tools to work with.
1: Wound tight. What, what do you mean by that?
2: Well, he's the type of guy when you play pickup, when his team loses, he's got to walk out of the gym for a minute to get calmed down a little bit because he's just so competitive. He, he wants to play well individually. He wants his team to win. And he just takes his craft very, very
0: seriously. Which is, for a young player like a Benedict Matherin, which is a bigger adjustment over the totality of a rookie year, a freshman year as you call it? Is it the, the collapse speed of the lanes and just the overall length of what you're seeing at the NBA level, or is it the number of games and hitting that wall of where you're used to getting ready for the NCAA tournament, and you're like, wait a minute, I'm only halfway through the season here.
2: I think it's both. I think early on, it's the quick decisions you have to make. You know, it's a 24-second shot clock. Quick decisions, the defenses are prepared to take away what you're trying to do, so you got to make adjustments. you got to be thinking the game, and that can slow a rookie down initially. But as the season progresses and you start to learn things, you go through experiences where you have success, you have failures doing some of these decision-making Then you hit that 40, 45-game mark of the season, which in college you're done. In the NBA, you're only halfway there. And that's where it becomes more of a mental challenge of am I taking care of my body? Am I getting sleep? Am I eating right? Am I preparing myself to play well and have the energy to play every night? So I think it starts with what you first said, and then it ends with uh, the component of the length of the schedule.
0: Who is the best that you have seen be able to handle that? Thad Young was,
2: we had a group there of Thad Young, Corey Joseph, Darren Collison, that were, Boyan Bogdanovich, that were just, every day, they knew how to pace themselves uh, when they needed to bring it at practice, when they needed to bring it at games, when they need to scale back, and I, I, as I've been in the league for a long time, and I was telling Buddy this yesterday, one thing I've grown to really respect in players is durability, and guys that are there every day, it's a very rare quality in our league. Um, there were only a handful of guys that played all 82 games last year in the NBA, and
1: Buddy Buddy's done it throughout his whole career. Yep,
2: and Buddy is one of those guys. I think he's he avoids the training room, and you know we had guys in Portland that were like that too. They just don't want anything to do with the training room. They just want to play, and that is a quality that you know I think Ben possesses. I think Tyrese possesses that. I think other guys on our team have that quality, and it's it's rare.
1: Yeah, I feel like I noticed all three draft picks were were incredibly durable and played a ton in their collegiate careers, and I was curious if that was kind of something you guys wanted to focus on. Chad Buchanan, Pacers general manager. Again, he's with us here. We're live at the Pacers golf outing a gorgeous Wednesday morning here at the Brickyard Crossing. I let off today's show, Chad, and said I'm thrilled by the direction. I I, I love the new era. I love the new hope. I feel like it's a little bit more of a modern-looking roster. I'm very excited about this season. Season. But I'm curious when last year was the moment where you, Kevin, Herb, Rick, whoever, you guys looked at each other and said, all right, enough's enough. We got to do something drastic and do something very foreign to this franchise.
2: I think we felt that moment coming as the season started and we had injuries and um, we just couldn't gain any momentum. You know, we got off to a little slow start and then we kind of ride the ship a little bit. But then we had more injuries and we're dealing with COVID. And it just got to the point for me personally. The game on New Year's Eve when DeMar DeRozan throws in a running one-foot you know, oh, yeah. three-pointer, that felt like a dagger to me, you know, and just that group and our season. And it was time for a new path. You know, the Pacers have always prided themselves on being competitive, being a playoff-caliber team. And it was time for us to, to try something new. You know, that group, I feel it, it reached its, you know, its ceiling with its health, with its on-court play and success. And, you know, to our ownership's credit, you know, it was, it was time to try something new. And like you said, it's, the roster is now a little more modern. It, it's, we're, we're committed to this long term. It's going to be some challenges. We have a young team, very young team, and a very, very competitive Eastern Conference. And let's be real, it's hard to win with young players in our league right now. But we are committed to long-term growth with this group. And some of these young players we're committed to. And um, we want to continue building this the right way to have so sustained success.
1: You've been very candid with us. Um, Miles Turner related. Do you expect him to be here opening night?
2: Yes. You know, Miles is obviously the offseason went through some things involving him, but Miles has been an absolute pro. You guys know Miles. He's you know one of the most outstanding human beings you're going to find in the NBA and handled everything this summer like a pro. He's in great shape, um, healthy, and ready to go.
0: Is he here because – you see him as an integral part of the pieces around what you can have with him, or is he here because you took and looked at offers, nothing came to fruition, and so therefore you have to make the best of it with the fact he's a pro about it?
2: Well, our job, first off, is to listen. I mean, obviously, Miles, we value greatly. You know, Other teams around the league value him too, so it's always going to be our job to listen if it helps improve the team. But Miles fitting with this team, with a young group of guys, especially a young group of guards that need some defensive protection behind them that needs some experience with them in the locker room, his shooting. It really fits with a lot of our young guards. And so from a basketball standpoint, he's a—he's an outstanding fit on the court for us. Um, you know, going back to, you know, his fit with us long-term, we're always going to have to listen if teams call and it's our job. But we know what we have in Miles and we love what he brings to the team.
1: Where is that balance with him specifically in that the injuries the last two years, the elephant in the room is the contract year, if he plays well, he might not be here in August and that might not be your decision necessarily. He might want that. And yet you've got some younger guys at that position. You'd probably like to play as well to see what they look like long-term. But where is that balance? And knowing that this is a guy that if he plays well, it's great for the team this season, but that could be the benefit of another team starting next year.
2: Yeah. We have to weigh all those factors. You know, miles is in a great position for us from a basketball standpoint, you know, Domas is now longer with us. He's got the starting center position. He's playing with a great young guard in Tyrese, um, with a coach that believes in him. So he's he's set up to have a you know, opportunity to have a great season, and that puts him in a great spot next summer, like you mentioned. So, you know, we've got to weigh those, you know, with conversations with Miles throughout the year, um, with his agent throughout the year, and evaluate, you know, how he fits um, with our young guards because we haven't seen him with Tyrese. So. Um, we think it's going to fit well, but you know we, we want to see what it looks like before we make some of those calls. I'm sure Miles wants to do the same thing on his end. It's just part of the business.
0: Perhaps I'm going to overinterpret, but I noticed Chad Buchanan, by the way, is our guest here at the Pacers Golf Outing. I noticed when you were talking about Miles Turner, um, you said on court he really plays – You know he, he blends well with the guys we have around him. From a basketball standpoint, we really like what Miles does. Is, is there any concern? Is there any personality issue that takes place away from the court with him?
2: None. I mean, Miles is, as like I've said before, as good of a human being, high characters you're going to find in the NBA. Uh, he loves the city of Indianapolis. Obviously, this is the only team he knows. Um, he's been very loyal to us. Um, and I have no concerns about Miles. Miles knows this is part of the business. I mean, he's we've communicated with him all summer on what was going on. And we do that with our players we are very transparent with them. And he understood that part of it. Um, maybe he didn't always like it, but he understood it. And that's part of who Miles is. He's a very bright, you know, guy who understands that this is part of being an NBA player.
0: You know, one thing that's interesting, Chad, I remember years ago talking to guys that played at Indiana and when they would talk about Bob Knight, they would always say that that Bob Knight, sometimes the guys that he would get on the hardest were guys that he knew could handle it. And there were other players that maybe he knew were a little more emotionally fragile. And so therefore he knew when to back away from from going all in on them. In terms of your job, in all players, not just Miles Turner, for any player, the the outwardly comments that are made or the outwardly shopping a player, if if, to use that term, is it ever predicated in any way, shape, or form on how that player will respond to having their name in the headlines? Do you keep things more private if it's a guy that you think might not respond to it the way other players would? That's a a deep
2: question there. Um, I think we try to treat all of our guys the same with our communication with them out of respect to what they're doing for a living, what that means to their family, um, you know, the uncertainty of how long am I going to be in this one, with this one team. So I would say that question is, is tough to answer other than I could just say we treat everybody with the same amount of communication, the same honesty, same transparency as the next guy. Some of our players are more involved with you know trade rumors that are out there, um, accurate or inaccurate, than others. But we try to treat all of them the same when it comes to that.
1: Who Chab- is oh go ahead, go. I was gonna say jabby Ch- can's with us, the GM of the Indiana Pacers game. We're live here at the Pacers Golf Outing. Training camp next week. Two weeks from tonight, the preseason opens, less than a month away from the regular season opening. A position battle, a log jam out of position, starting battle. What are you most looking forward to roster wise play out here over the next couple of weeks?
2: I just want to see our young guys, how they grow, how they learn from some of our veterans in training camp. That's always interesting for me. You know, some young players get off to a blazing start. Some of them are a little slower out of the gate. And I think we have some veterans that are prepared to take on the role of mentoring some of our young players to help them get started. I think Tyrese is ready to take the next step in his play. He's more comfortable in his surroundings. He's more comfortable with his teammates. I think we're going to see a, a a big jump from Tyrese this year, which I'm excited to see. And you're always excited about your three rookies, You know, see how they look you now that, hey, this is the real deal. This is camp. There's veterans on the floor with you. This isn't summer league. And I'm excited to see their progress from summer league to now of, of how they respond to a
0: training camp environment. What player is – I'll tell you the, the guys that I love. Chad Buchanan's our, our guest. Over the years of me watching basketball, the Pacers in particular – my favorite players are not always the Reggie Millers and the, you know, the Ron Artests or whatever it may be. Oftentimes it's guys that are, I call them Swiss Army Knives, guys that you can just tell they don't need shots to come through them. You can put them in a couple of different positions. Maybe it's for a defensive stop. Maybe it's for you know ball control, whatever it might be. But they're willing to do whatever it takes, and they have a versatile skill set. Who is that guy for you?
2: One guy who's had a phenomenal off-season, he's been in our gym all summer, and he does a lot of things. He's very underappreciated. Probably some NBA fans don't even know his name is Terry Taylor. I think he's had a terrific summer. He's looked great in pickup games. He's just keeps his mouth shut and just produces. He would be the worst ever guy to play in a pickup. You game. You would hate to guard because Terry he's the Taylor. guy
0: that would, and he's the guy that like would start checking you at like three quarters of the way up the floor and like, dude, what are you doing? I'm just out here to get a little run, right? Wait, and he like, got
1: that rebound again. Yes, <laughs> right,
0: right. You would hate to have to block he's him a, out. He's kind of up. a
2: junkyard dog, right? He is, and he just doesn't say much. You know, he's not promoting himself or you know a, a brash personality. He just puts his nose to the grind and gets a lot of good stuff done on the court.
1: Chad, am I crazy? I I don't know if I care that much about wins and losses this season. I I know that might sound like a ludicrous statement for someone inside the organization like you, so heavily involved. Um, And I get it. Yours are precious. I mean, you obviously are playing to win. But I'm looking at it and think, if these young guys can take strides and you all of a sudden get to the Pacers golf outing next September and you sit here and you've got a core in place, you have pieces to the puzzle and maybe you just need a tweak or two, And these young guys have gotten experience, growing pains, end-of-game situations, those sorts of things. To me, that that says more about the season than 32, 22, 42 wins. When you are asked your expectations for this season, what's your answer to that?
2: Yeah, I don't think focusing on the wins and losses is appropriate with a young team. I agree with that. I think we want to see growth from start to finish. And you're going to have – peaks and valleys. We talk a lot about having calm waters around our, our team of not reacting to the highs or the lows too much. With a young team, we're gonna have some high highs. There's gonna be some great wins some nights where all of our young guys and our veterans play well simultaneously and it's a great night. Then you're gonna have stretches where we look really young. We look inexperienced. We look overmatched against some of these really good teams. Um, but we wanna see growth from October to January to March to into of the off season. We wanna see a trajectory of positive momentum and with a young team that's what you're that's what you want and we were kevin and i were in portland together we went through that where we went from you know 21 wins to 32 to 41 to 54 you know that's the kind of trajectory you want to build sustained success and i think we'll see some so like i said some great nights with this young group And you're gonna see some nights where it doesn't
0: look so good well you know what's funny is a a not funny, I guess, for Chad Buchanan in particular, but a 25-win season without a vision feels different than a 25-win season when it's, and I'm not saying you're going to win 25 games this year, but where I, I do think that now it's like you can see the light coming through. Does that make sense? Like, it does feel like there is a plan and a vision, and it's pretty clear what it is. And I have said, and I want you to tell me if this is off base, the franchise that I look at and I say, this is perhaps where the Pacers are setting themselves up. I look at what Phoenix did. Phoenix kind of and granted Phoenix was able to go out and get a Chris Paul or you know a really good player but through a high a couple of high draft picks and just being patient they were able to then see it all come together seemingly overnight where you just went holy cow these guys are actually pretty good. And to me, that's the blueprint. Am I am I being too optimistic? I think you're spot on. I think the other two
2: teams, Phoenix is a great example. I think Memphis and Cleveland are the other two examples that we look at. Cleveland
0: in particular. Is,
2: have a couple high draft picks that they've hit on. They've drafted well late in the first round. If
0: you would have gotten that pick from Cleveland, who would you have taken? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure. Let's see how the first. How about about Mark Williams? I was huge on Mark Williams. I mean, good player. Definitely a good player. So he wasn't on the board, though.
1: We're going to need security if Mark Williams ever comes to Indianapolis. (laughs) Indianapolis. How can you talk
2: about a Duke guy with a KU hat on? That's true. I'm not
0: a Kansas (laughs) fan. I just went there, and and I actually like the logo. (laughs) You you thought you were interviewing KP today. That's why you were. That's right. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) That's right.
1: Uh, Ch- uh, Chad, last one for me. You mentioned Domas and Miles, and, and you know, that experiment you know, obviously did not work out. Now Miles is by himself, but then you got Jalen Smith. And I love Jalen Smith. I love what he showed last year. I mean, Jake knows this full well. Um, I, I was thrilled when you guys were able to bring him back, a multi-year deal too, which is not what I was necessarily expecting. How would you assess kind of Miles playing next to Jalen Smith versus Miles playing next to Domas?
2: Jalen, first off, Jalen had a phenomenal summer. He was back in uh, Baltimore training and came back about two weeks ago and just floored everybody at the gym with what some of the things he's doing now. So we're super excited about how his game is expanding. And I think he knows, as a power forward, there's certain skills that are different than what a center is going to do because he played you know, both of those in his past. So him next to Miles brings us two shot blockers, two... Two guys that can really stretch the floor and make shots, which helps our guards. And Jalen, I think you'll see, has added more dimensions to his game offensively where he's putting the ball on the floor a little bit, um, creating his own shot a little more. And the challenge will be, you know, Jalen defending on the perimeter. That'll be the thing that he's really got to continue to develop on. That's what he worked all summer on. That was a big thing we talked to him about when we signed him. As a power forward, your defensive you know, responsibilities are different than a center. And so that'll be part of their growth together. You know, Miles obviously is terrific at the rim. He's very capable on the perimeter defensively. Jalen is, you know, we got to see, can he move and guard some of these versatile fours in our league right now? Uh, but I think the shooting component is the biggest difference. You know, Domas was such a phenomenal interior player and passer, whereas Jalen is a phenomenal catch and shoot. Uh, he's a great finisher around the hole. So it's, its it puts more responsibility on our guards to make plays because Jalen and Miles aren't necessarily the same type of playmakers that Delmas was, but I think that's what we wanted. We, we feel like our guards' strength is making plays, so we want the ball in their hands, and that's going to benefit Jalen and Miles both.
0: Now, you're an Iowa native, right? Yes. Now, do you think that truck stop on I-80 is really the world's largest? Is that false advertising, do you I think? I think it's pretty large. Is that large. a marketing
2: ploy? I think it's, I think it's pretty
0: dangerous, too. I try to avoid stopping sandwiches? there. <laughs> oh, the made rights. We've discussed the made rights. It's a great... You've never had the made rights, right, or you don't like it? I love made rights. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, it's like a staple. Who was it we were talking to from Iowa? Yeah, it was And they, that, said, they said they'd never had a made
1: right. We were and trying actually, to get inside into Keegan Murray, one of these Iowa beat writers. Oh, yeah. had, the had Iowa made beat right. writer, that's what it was. And, and he'd never had a thought, made right.
0: And I'm like, you're not really from he's Iowa. He's not a true you. Iowa. Yeah. Jake almost hung up on him. Yeah, it was one of these. I'm like, you're one of these newspaper conglomerates <laughs> that's being done out of New York or something. There's <laughs> no way. Would you agree, though? If you totally agree. There is no way you're in Iowa for more than a week and you've not had a made right. Totally agree.
2: Now, are you golfing? I'm not today. No, not today. I would love to. I'd love to golf, but not today.
1: Well, you probably have pole. I mean, did you not get in on a foursome here? You <laughs> yeah. probably could Mike do that. Mike Preston
2: took my spot in our foursome today. <laughs> there you go. So, I mean, yeah. I've mean, i
1: seen Eddie White play golf. I'd rather have you than Eddie, and I've never even seen you play golf.
0: <laughs> Eddie's a good golfer. <laughs> well, he should be.
1: He lives on a golf course. Chad Buchanan, Pacers general manager. Again, the preseason opens up two weeks from tonight, and we are less than a month away from the regular season opener. Chad, I know it's probably been a lot to admit, kind of. It's time to go in a different direction i know that can be hard and challenging but uh i think there's a lot of excitement about this season so looking forward to it and always appreciate your candor with us
2: thanks for having me guys